Hello, everyone. Welcome to Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We are so happy today to have the very talented Ivan Boudreau perform for us. Ivan's music is honest and heartfelt that lifts, lifts us up. It's wonderful. He's a beautiful songwriter. He's a beautiful singer. It is always a joy to have you. Welcome, Ivan. Thanks, Joe. Our last just a little bit longer. Some days the sun don't shine into this heart of mine, so I pray to be much stronger. If I had the strength of a mighty redwood tree, if I had the wisdom that my elders gave to me if i had the patience of a farmer planting seeds a little more faith and just a little grace i would find the things i need my own good advice didn't listen much I paid no mind went my own way made my own mistakes I followed down the road he walked remembering the ways he taught he guides me in the choices that I make if I had the strength of a mighty redwood tree if i had the wisdom that my elders gave to me if i had the patience of a farmer planting seeds a little more faith and just a little grace i would find the things i need down dreams seem to be my fate wishing tomorrow would soon be yesterday never got to smell the flowers as I counted down the hours I should have stopped along the way if I had the strength of a mighty redwood tree if i had the wisdom that my elders gave to me if i had the patience of a farmer planting seeds a little more faith and just a little grace 
I would find the things I need A little more faith Just a little grace I would find the things I need Beautiful, beautiful, Ivan. A little more faith and a little more grace. How beautiful. Thank you so very, very much for that beautiful song. Good morning, beautiful people. What a day it is. What a beautiful day it is to be here together with each and every one of you. I'm Jill Engels and I am a practitioner for the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. I would first like to give a warm welcome to any first time guest. Let us know that you're here in the chat and where you're zooming in from today. And we would just very happily greet you. Thank you for joining us. As we begin our gathering today, I am honored that I live on the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of the Coast Salish First Nations, including Kwatlan, Katsi, Stolo, Semiamu, and Musainuk. We thank the First Nations who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. I am committed to honor these people and their lands. Thank you. At CSL White Rock, we are an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of our lives on a regular and consistent basis. When we live by principle, life flows easier. Oh, don't we know that? Choices are clear and seeming miracles are everyday occurrences. There is a wonder in every day just waiting for us to live it. So let's start today. Good morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nicola Archibald. Um, I'm, I've been with CSL White Rock for about a year, and uh, actually a year and a half now, and I recently joined the board. Um, if you saw the newsletter this week, you know that the person that's speaking today is Amanda Pope, and I'm pr proud to introduce her because she is my sister. She's also the daughter of Janet Pope, she is partner to Derek Hinchcliffe, and she's mother to Daniel Edmeets. I am so proud to uh, introduce my sister. She's a licensed practitioner, just recent. She's a ministerial student, and she's the executive director for CSL Kelowna. And I've watched her through these past years as she's been studying to become a minister. And I've been so impressed and inspired by her passion and love and the leader that has emerged. All qualities I knew they were there, but now the rest of the world is getting to share them. She's become a calm, confident, and strong woman. So please join me as we welcome my sister, Amanda Pope. Sweet, thank you so much. Wow, that's a pretty sweet introduction when you get your sister to do it, hey? 
So I am delighted to be here today and what a beautiful morning it's been already. I just am tingly, my heart is open and warm and beautiful songs, beautiful meditation and, and a real grounding setting the tone for us this morning. So um, as, uh, as Nicholas said, I have my sister here, my mom, one of my classmates, Tamara is here. Our regional practitioner support person is Georgia, one of the other practitioners. So this really is an extension of my family, which makes all of you um, somewhat extended family members. So, so it's just a, a delight to be here and to share with you this morning. And CSL White Rock actually has a really special place in my heart for more reasons than that. Many, many years ago, I um, came to a service when I was visiting my mom, and uh, Reverend Terry was the senior minister at the time, and uh, I had one of those pivotal moments. And the moment was that it was before the service started, I think my mom was doing some sort of volunteer task. So I was just sort of wandering about, um, you know, smiling at people doing what, whatever you do when you don't really know people. So, um, and what I saw happen was that Reverend Terry was doing his thing, getting prepared and a young boy came in and he was just this young boy, he had Down syndrome and he saw Reverend Terry and his eyes lit up and Ter Reverend Terry looked at him and his eyes lit up and the little boy ran across the room and they hugged each other. And it was a moment where I just saw the purest form of unconditional love. And really that there was something in that moment. And I mean, we have a pretty huggy community, so that's not new, but there was something about that moment that a awakened something in me that said, man, what if I could also create that environment of unconditional love for other people? What if I could create a community where people can feel that love? And so in some way, many years ago, I think that my path of ministry, that seed was actually planted in that moment. And uh, so, so it's a special, special community to me for, for that reason too. So today we're going to talk about proving the principles that we, we're not just here to feel good and get all warm and fuzzy. We actually are here to learn principles, to implement them in our lives and to live full, purposeful, inspired lives. So Ernest Holmes, our founder, wrote this really long, hard to read textbook. And right at the very end, once you slug through all this old language and difficult concepts and all these different words to describe different things, um, you get to a, a section where he says, in conclusion, basically he says, I would rather see a student of the science of mind prove its principle rather than to have them repeat all of the words of wisdom ever uttered. So that was a really big charge for us. The principles of the science of mind are not meant for us to be theoretical, for us to sit and at home and read about and to, to embrace on an intellectual level. They are meant for us to embody and to live. And that is really where Centers for Spiritual Living, the New Thought Movement, really differs from other religions. You know, other religions um, have 
have some dogma that will related to really being concerned with the afterlife that that living a uh, living in a certain way now so that afterwards we are rewarded. And there's sort of a punishment and reward and our behavior and there's an outside judgment on us and that we are trying to live into something that somebody out there has decided or a, a presence out there has decided is right for us. And that's where our teaching is very, very different. We are all about the internal, the personal. And what we recognize is that it is all part of that infinite intelligence, that oneness of life that we are in and having our being in as we experience this plane of, of existence. So when we talk about heaven and hell, we're talking actually about the experience of life on this plane. We're talking about the experience that we get to live based on the principles we know and, and really how skillfully we're using them. So really, how do we know if we're practicing and we're really proving the principles of the science of mind? Well, how we know is we get to experience more of the divine aspects of spirit in our lives in us because it is all one thing all happening and all within so if we if we want to know are we using these principles are we effectively implementing them what we can look at is do we have more love in our lives do we have more peace are we feeling empowered and empowered in that really aligned way not in that forcing my way through do we have do we experience more beauty do we experience joy in life that's how we can, we can always test whether the principles, we are working the principles in our lives. And how do I know these principles work? I know because my life has been transformed, absolutely transformed. And I don't say that lightly, like, you know, I lost five pounds. This is my life was absolutely transformed. 20 years ago, I was living a very different experience. One of the examples I can give you is that I actually had a phobia of speaking in front of people. 20 years ago, if I was standing in front of you, if I could see myself on camera, my knees would buckle. I actually would lose consciousness if I was in front of people. And that's the power of this teaching, that I have just come to to such a place that I can be comfortable in my own skin, that I can recognize the power within me. I can recognize my oneness with all of you, with life itself. And I can speak my truth from my heart without any of those external fears and patterns that, that had developed for me. So really, how do we use, what principles are we using? What do we do to create the lives we want, to create that love, that peace, that power, that beauty, and the joy? Well, what we do is, is we use our own consciousness. Consciousness creates. That really sums up the principles pretty much entirely. Our consciousness creates. All consciousness creates. And this Basically, our lives mirror that of spirit. Spirit, that one life, is expressing itself by means of its creation, which is us. 
And then in turn, we have the opportunity to express our highest and best, to allow spirit to express through us by means of our own consciousness. It's all one thing happening in that cosmic intelligence that is life itself, capital L life, and it is happening through us. So in our movement, we talk about four stages of consciousness. Now, this isn't a hierarchy. This isn't, um, you know, like a video game where you get through one and then you get a little sticker and some points and then you get to the next level. Like these are stages of consciousness. And I would suggest we all spend time in all of those stages. So if we think about the first stage of consciousness, that's the to me consciousness. Basically, life is happening to me. I am a victim of my circumstances. I had a rotten luck in life that I had a certain socioeconomic situation growing up, which created limitation, which now I've taken into my adult life. Or I ended up with a health condition, which has created impact for me, and that's my life. That, that, that idea that there is an external power that is creating my experience, and, and I don't have any influence on that. That's the to me consciousness. And a lot of people, when they come into the science of mind, come in at that place. Or, or more than that, I guess, they come in at that place, and that's sort of an overall theme. But I think there's a resonant something in them that says, wait a second, there has to be more. I can't just be at the mercy of everything going on around me. And then that's how we get, as we start to learn and practice these principles, we get to the by me consciousness. So that's the second level of consciousness. And that, and it's an, a very exciting place to be. It's empowering. I start to feel my own power. I start to realize that I have influence in my own life, that I can create my experience. I might get a new job. I might start get a relationship that I want. I might just start to feel more enthusiastic. Maybe I take on a, a personal challenge and I have, a, a, have success on that level. And it's an exciting place. It's an awakening. It's, a, it's certainly a lighter energy than that I'm at the victim of my circumstance place, right? So, so we start to feel empowered and that's exciting. And we can stay there and we, we move as I say back and forth. I mean, I certainly to this day, I find myself in the to me consciousness um, and I catch myself there quite a few times. I, I have to admit, but then we get to the by me consciousness and we feel more empowered. And then again, there's that resonance within that I think calls us deeper, a little bit deeper where we get to the next stage of consciousness, which is the through me consciousness. All of a sudden we start to, we, we've learned how to manifest. We've learned how to reach into our own power. And in some way we're be able to then commune with that greater consciousness. We get to open ourselves to the divine guidance. This is where our intuition kicks in, that we start to feel that we, it becomes more of, a very, of an active, I am creating this. And it come, becomes more of, okay, spirit, what, what's mine to do here? Let's open myself up to 
a greater idea than perhaps I could come up with from my limited perspective. So just opening us again to a greater experience where it is we we're open to that divine guidance that it that we allow a bigger idea. And then Every so often after we get that, again, that through me, life is going well, I feel aligned. There is, there's an ease that comes into us, into our lives, a grace that, a flow that we get into where we, you know, things just unfold more easily. Communication happens more easily. And then we get to the next level of consciousness, which is the as me. And the as me consciousness is really that sort of highest level of communing with the one, where we almost lose awareness of that creative process that's happening, that I'm empowered and I can create in my life. And I'm open to spirit's guidance, which helps me to create even on a deeper level. And that as me consciousness is that place where I am life. I am life expressing. And when we get to that place, and we live in that alignment, you know, some of our goals, perhaps some of our, even maybe our purpose, it's superseded by an experience. Those aspects of spirit, that light, that life, that love, that peace, that power, that beauty, and that joy, I simply express those. It doesn't matter what the job is, what the venue is, what my hair looks like, you know, it's, I am just that emanation of spirit in that most whole and one place of oneness that we can really experience. So as I say, none of those are bad. No, there is no, okay, you get, you know, a, a, a D letter grade if you're in the by me or the to me and you get an A plus if you're in the as me. And, and I'm not sure anybody that I know and certainly not me lives in that as me consciousness. And I'm not even sure that we want to. Part of the beauty of life is experiencing this plane, experiencing the exquisite tastes of life. Some of those experiences, the sensory experiences, that's life's beauty for us to experience. And, and there's no need to discard that. We're not a teaching that says, you know, at some point the heavens open up, the angels sing, and we just disappear into consciousness. That's not our teaching. Our teaching is about fully immersing ourselves in this amazing life and sucking out the marrow of the highest and best life that is ours to live. So really what we get to do is we get to live in this place of love and law, like that's ours to use. We get to love is that idea of the, the givingness of spirit. That is the divine guidance. That's our intuition. That is the love in our hearts, the love that is the essence of life itself. We get to tap into that. And then we get to apply it to apply what comes through us because we don't want to lose sight that we are individualizations of spirit. And there's no part of us in our community that wants to be the same. We want, we are one and we want to recognize our oneness, but we celebrate that individualization that, um, you know, Tamara doing that treatment, like her voice is like butter. 
She's calm. She is peaceful. That is spirit expressing through her. Ivan's beautiful songs and his lyrics, that is spirit expressing through Ivan. Now, if we all became that one thing, we wouldn't get to experience that beauty, that we wouldn't get to experience each other. And again, spirit is created us so spirit can experience itself. We are here to experience each other, to experience what love looks like through my mom. What does love look like through my sister? What does love look like through each of you? That's why we come together for community. So we, we're living in this world of love and law, opening to divine guidance, understanding that our consciousness creates. So why do we need to have a talk on practicing and proving the principles? Why isn't it just, I got that, okay, I took foundations class, I'm good to go, life is a breeze. Well, we have patterns. We have habitual patterns and the, and life has patterns. There is something called the collective unconscious and the collective unconscious is creating that law of life that simply takes consciousness and it creates. So whatever there is in consciousness, all of it is expressing in form itself. So there are habitual patterns that are happening in our lives. And the good news is there is nothing in you that needs to be added. There is nothing you need to learn. You don't have to be able to meditate for five hours. You don't have to be able to run 10 miles or hold your breath for 20 minutes. There is nothing that needs to be added to you or checked off of a list of must learn this thing. You have everything within you. In fact, you are creating your experience. And if you want to see how, how you have proved the principles to yourself, just think of one of the great things in your life. Just one great thing right now. Maybe you have a fantastic relationship with one of your kids or your partner. Maybe you just have a sense of peace that you wake up every morning and you feel at peace. That is your consciousness creating. So that, that mechanism is already in place for you. And you have likely done it consciously. Perhaps not, you haven't mastered that. Perhaps you're not as aware of it. You definitely are creating. We are all creating unconsciously. Somebody told us this weekend, 95% of our, our experience is unconscious. That's a lot of unconscious stuff happening. And so when we're not having an experience that we want, that's often what's going on is an unconscious process. So this isn't about saying, oh gosh, look, I must have thought this, this, and this because I got this crappy thing going on and that crappy thing. It's not about that. This is love and law. This is not, mm, you should do better on that. Mm, that was a bad thought. It's not good or bad. It's what is bringing me more life, more love, more peace. So the barrier often for us to start creating the, um, the lives we want to grow spiritually, to step into those, those higher stages of consciousness, often the barrier is discomfort. Our teacher this weekend said, spiritual growth cannot happen without discomfort. What a buzzkill that is, hey? Like, because I don't know about you, I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I was listening to a podcast and uh, it was a leadership guy. I think his name's Ken Coleman. And he says, people would rather be miserable than uncomfortable. And I thought, what? 
it was one of those things that caught my attention. I thought, I got to stop that for a minute and think on this. People would rather be miserable than uncomfortable. And I thought, is that true? And then I thought, you know what, in my own life, can I think of ways where I was miserable rather than uncomfortable? Sure can. Um, I took a job. I was in a, a career. There was sort of the next logical step for me in my career. It sort of took what I was doing into a higher level. I'd moved into this new department at a new institution. And within, if not a week, I would say a month, I thought, oh my goodness, this is not the right place for me. There is just a values misalignment in this department and with the leadership that it's not going to work for me. And I am not a person who can suck it up and just deal with that. And I wish I could tell you that I was just like, oh, okay, I've realized that and I'm going to make another choice. No. You know how long it took me to stay miserable? And I was miserable two years. Two years I stayed miserable. And I'd love to tell you that I was, I just, you know, I finally had that epiphany where I said, Amanda, honor yourself. You are miserable. Do something different. No, that's not what happened. I got so sick. I experienced clinical burnout. I allowed my misfit of a, my misalignment to make me sicker and sicker and sicker for two years to a point where I could not work. We would rather be miserable than uncomfortable. It would have been uncomfortable to leave this job. I had a pension. I had a this. I had a that. You know, it was it was very secure. So I think there might be a bit of truth to that. So I think there's a piece of us that, you know, I think we perhaps bump up against those stages of consciousness, and then we start to feel um, discomfort. And then I think it, sometimes we retreat into what we know, into what's comfortable. So I'm always, I'm like the, I'll find the silver lining on anything. So I was thinking about this and I thought, you know what? We've just been a, through a two-year pandemic. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I have felt some discomfort. There's been uncertainty. There's been heartache. There's been worry. There's been fear. Can you relate? Have you felt a little uncomfortable in the last two years? And what I would say is that we can take this opportunity where life has bumped us out of our comfort. So we're already just uncomfortable. So we don't have to stay miserable. If there's an area that we would like to grow into, what better time than now when things are all kind of topsy-turvy and we're not really in our, our warm, comfortable little nest that we typically live in, we've been bumped out of that. So now's the opportunity to say, okay, so what can I do? How can I grow? I'm already like the band-aids ripped off. I am in this place of discomfort. So let's choose to grow. Marianne Williamson talks about love and fear. We're always choosing from a place of love or choosing from a place of fear. And really, that's what it comes down to for us. As we're practicing the principles of science of mind, whether that's meditation, whether we are doing spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer, whether we have our affirmations that we're doing, whether we're taking a class and we're learning more about the, the specific principles, Basically, when it comes down to us, just me, myself, and I, in those quiet moments, 
I have a choice between love and I have a choice between fear. And I'm not putting the pressure on myself that I have to make the right choice all the time. I catch myself frequently saying, ooh, there's a little fear showing up. Hmm, is this, is this choice actually one of love or fear? So I've loved the topics this month. We've been talking about wonder. Remember we started the year with like embracing the wonder that's all around us. We talked about embracing the present moment. If we can be in the present moment in peace, we are operating from love. We're not necessarily intentionally saying, I want this job or this relationship. What we are doing is we have that opportunity to just be the love, the peace in that moment. Then I know Reverend Terry spoke last week and he talked about questioning everything. That's where we can ask those questions. Is this, is this thought from love? Because love will show up. Love in that stage of consciousness, love shows up as that still small voice, that intuition, that opening to that divine guidance. Love shows up there. And we, as we get better at feeling into this and really opening to it, you're going to know those feelings and you will easily recognize you'll feel your energy constrict when there's fear. You'll, if you're talking to somebody and it goes into a, a place that is just not life giving, perhaps you're gossiping or you're worrying or you're condemning, you will feel the energy constrict. Now that's the point of creation uh, where you get to choose do I choose love here? Do I choose fear? And that's not saying that you have to pretend that everything is perfect and, and that you have to just not ever say anything bad. What you can say is, what you can do is face what is. Because just as important is starting where we are. The magical thinking of, I'm just going to sit in the lotus position and open up, I'll be as me and life is all good. That magical thinking does not get us. In fact, that creates from a place of disconnect. We've got that cognitive dissonance. If we're not there and can't embody that, we're creating from a place of I'm not that. So what we want to do is we want to get to this place of acceptance. I am right here right now. Oh yes, Amanda, there is fear. And then I can give myself that warm hug of that I would give to anybody else and say, I get it. You're feeling scared. And now let's go back into that love, knowing that love is right here. It's in me. Knowing that in that discomfort, the certainty that we've lost in the outside world is the certainty of spirit within us. And that to me is a really interesting opportunity that this pandemic, not that I'd wish it on anybody, has afforded us, is it's actually removed the certainty from our lives to allow us to step into a deeper certainty. I loved the words of the song, the, the having the patience of a farmer planting seeds, having a little more faith and a little more grace that we tip, tap into that certainty, that spirit, that unchanging power and presence within. And then we don't get caught up by the world because I know for myself, and that's what I've learned in this, as much as I have practiced these principles for 20 years, I was still creating on some level, depending on the outside world to mirror back to me. I'd say, oh, yes, I can create that because look, that's happening out there. 
that really got disrupted in the last two years, which has an opportunity for us because we get to go into that place of faith, that place of grace, the um, able to just settle into the knowing within. Ernest Holmes says, principle has no precedent. So we can have lived a, an entire life on certain habitual patterns that have caused suffering for ourselves. And that in any moment can be rewritten. All it takes is that embracing the now, stepping into the wonder of life itself, acknowledging the power, allowing ourselves to choose love over and over and over and choose love again, no matter how many times, accepting there's no point in condemning ourselves when we slip into fear and we do something that we see as unskillful or we go back into habitual patterns. That's the time for grace and just coming back to love. Now, as you're in your community, I just want to really acknowledge your community has not only have you gone through a pandemic, you have had far more than your share, fair share of change in the last five years. A lot has happened in your community. And I mean, there are, have been beautiful people that have all been a part of that, but I think there's a real, a real impact of change. We, typically, we're people who like things. We'd rather be miserable than uncomfortable, right? So we often resist change. And so I just want to really acknowledge the, the, the weight of that in your community, that your leadership has walked you through this time of change. And they did that in their own discomfort and their own changes and their own personal feelings about it. And that is so important because it's in this space of community that we get to practice this stuff. And this is where we get to show up. We get to live our principles. We get to mirror back to each other. You absolutely are a perfect emanation of spirit. You are an individualized expression of the one. And I celebrate that uniqueness in you. And I see the divine wholeness in you. And that's the purpose of community. And the fact that you guys are here, that there are 33 people here together sharing this time to remind each other to step into your whole selves, into your, your highest and best lives is powerful. And you've done that despite a pandemic. You've found those tools to step out of your reliance on what the world mirrors back to you. You had your senior minister leave twice. You've had all that change and you found the truth and the wholeness and the oneness within it. So that's a perfect example of proving the principles. Now, my community, we sold a building and we have to go make a decision what we're doing now because we have to move out at the end of March. We're in the same place. In the past, we, we would have made a decision based on this is how many people show up on a Sunday morning for our service. This is how many people we have in class. This is what our revenue is. All of those things have been stripped away and disrupted. So we now come together, not relying on the outside, having the patience. We've planted a seed. This community, your community has planted a seed. There's a seed planted in our community. We have to come together, 
not depending on the certainty out there, coming together of the certainty that a seed is planted, tapping into that faith and that grace. And we have to trust each other and love each other through it. And I think this is the beauty of community. This is why we do what we do. And my teacher, uh, Dr. Ken Gordon, he often would say, you know what? It could take a long time. This could be a lifelong pursuit of finding that, getting to that as me consciousness. But he said, what else do you have to do with your time? Like what other priorities really are more important than you finding the peace within you? the power within you, the love within you. The more you do that, the more you create peace and power and love on the planet. And that's such an important piece for us is that we do that work. We have nothing better to do with our times. We find that place together. So it's not a quick fix. You're gonna have some uncertainty in your community as you move forward, but this is the place for a, a little bit of grace and faith and that we can do this all together. And I love, I, I wanna create some community for Canadian centers that we can support each other. So it's been such a delight to be here. So let me just close us out in a very brief treatment about just knowing that certainty within. So here's what I know. There is one love. There is one infinite intelligence, one spirit that is the source of life itself. That spirit is showing up here in this moment through each person here. That spirit, that living idea in the mind of spirit is the center for spiritual living white rock. It is this community. It is the, the connection and the oneness and wholeness. And so I simply recognize that certainty of life itself, of love, of peace and power here through each person in the lives of each person and in the life of the community, recognizing that oneness and that wholeness, I just simply give great gratitude. I know that this community is blessed. I know that each person here is blessed. I recognize the wholeness and love and I simply release it to the law because I know it is all love and it is all law and it is done in the mind of God. And so it is. That we received and I'm just trying to hear we have if you've been nourished by our gatherings, well, we had a beautiful nourishment today. And this is the beautiful law of circulation. Ah, yes, we receive and then we give. It's such a beautiful, beautiful law that we live by. So if you've been nourished by our gatherings, as well as our weekly and monthly programs, gifts of all sizes are welcomed. What a lovely, lovely demonstration of the law of circulation. This beautiful person comes and visits us from Kelowna and give so much and we receive so much. Thank you so much. Know that your contribution makes a positive difference. You can donate on our website at www.cslwhiterock.com and you can, there's three ways of giving. You can visit our website, mail us a check, send an e-transfer. So please join me in saying our prosperity affirmation. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is. <laughs>